Star Wars 7x7 episode 1352 today. Some more fun facts and answers to pressing questions from part two of the last Jedi novelization. Punch it, Chewie. I'm Amy Rackwith with Lattes with Leia, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So yes, this is another in the series of looks at the last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry and the things that we can learn from it that will enhance our viewing pleasure of The Last Jedi. Today, we're wrapping up part two of the novelization and just a few interesting little tidbits, facts, figures, answers to some very unusual questions that you might have had. Like, for example, why that particular spot in the middle of nowhere, you might ask. Why was it that the Resistance decided that was the place to come out of hyperspace? Well, according to the Last Jedi novelization, it is an old Alliance rendezvous point, and it was a randomly selected set of coordinates. So there was some rationale to it. However, it's also rather interesting that it's not entirely random because it is within 12 to 18 to 24 hours away from the planet Crate at sublight speed. And Pablo Hidalgo from the story group likes to quote J. Michael Straczynski, the creator of Babylon 5, and talking about hyperspace or faster than light travel as happening at the speed of plot, as he puts it. The idea that if you need your cast and crew to go someplace very quickly, then you invent this thing called hyperspace and you let them go bing, like and go really fast so you can get on to the next part of the story. So the idea of setting a random meeting point in the middle of deep space and it also happening to be within a day's journey of crate at sublight, like you imagine that that would have to alert anybody who figured out that, oh, if this is where they're going and then it's got to be nearby crate or something like that. But I think at that point, we are just looking too deeply into things and we probably just need to let it go and <laughs> let the story take us where it will. So I'm going to say, hey, you know, let's not worry about that too much. One thing that was rather surprising in the novelization, as far as a reveal goes, has to do with Leia's use of the Force. So, of course, you'll recall that very, now I think we can probably call that iconic scene where Leia, lost in space after the destruction of the Radice's bridge, manages to use the Force to get back onto the ship and be rescued by the Resistance. Well, there was a question, I guess, of how she did it, or has been a question of how she did it, considering that, for all we know, she has never really demonstrated force powers as we know them. And the novelization takes it a little bit out of her hands. Instead of it being something that she actively did, it seems to be something that maybe she sort of unconsciously or subconsciously did, and maybe the Force helped her out as part of the process. Jason Fry describes her reaching out to the Force because she actually realized that the the cloaked beacon that she had that would allow Rey to find her way back to the Resistance, that it had come off of her, and she had to get it back because if Rey showed up and it was just the First Order and everybody else was dead, then Rey was going to be dead too, so... Ultimately, that's what kind of propelled her back into saying, I got to get back in the fight. And in reaching out through the force, she was able to sense 
all these little microorganisms and all this life that still managed to exist and was barely hanging on to existence in the vacuum of space. She could see it like a ladder forming and a possibility in her mind that she could climb that ladder, that she could ascend it. And she asked the force for help in ascending that ladder, that ladder actually leading back to the ship. That's sort of literal, sort of metaphorical, I think probably more metaphorical than not. And suddenly she's able to progress through space and arrive back on the Radis. So kind of her, kind of not her, and kind of the force, and ultimately kind of mystical in another situation where perhaps we just need to let it be and not overanalyze it all that much. All right, a couple more tidbits and then we'll call it a day. So the first casualty of the battle in deep space was the Vigil. That was one of the four Resistance fleet ships. And it was destroyed by the TIE fighters in the initial attack before the Resistance ships were able to go to full power and get out of the range where the First Order capital ships could cover the TIE fighters. But the Vigil, unfortunately, didn't last that long. It was a cargo frigate, and it had a bit of a story hinted at in the Incredible Cross-Sections book by Jason Fry, oddly enough. It was a cargo frigate that was captured by the Resistance in a battle with pirates off the Chazadron Shoals. That's as much as we know about the ship's limited history. So there's a hint of some intrigue and action around it, but sadly, the Vigil is no more. And for all you Snap Wexley fans who are going, wait a second, where was he in The Last Jedi? Well, he and Jessica Pava, who incidentally, they have a thing going on, according to the Poe Dameron comic series. Those two and other pilots were sent to gather the surviving Resistance commanders. So that's why they were not in The Last Jedi. They were trying to round up more support and, you know, considering what was about to happen with the Resistance, they kind of all needed to regroup and plan for what the future was going to look like under this new crazy First Order situation. So that's why the two of them were gone. But, you know, J.J. Abrams is directing Episode Nine and co-writing it after all. So I would bet dollars to donuts that Snap Wexley is going to find his way back into Episode Nine. Mark my words. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, a Poe and Finn scene that we didn't get in the movie, but we kind of know had to have happened. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. No sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do, so please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So the Poe-Finn scene that I alluded to before the break is the scene that basically brings Finn back into a private area so he can get out of his leaking Bacta suit and into some normal clothes that he borrows from Finn. With the exception of one thing that isn't necessarily borrowed, it's actually been gifted to him. It's his jacket, the jacket that he pulled out of the TIE fighter back on Jakku. It's been sewn up by Poe, and Poe admits that he's not much of a sewer, but that he did the best that he could with the jacket to repair both the tear up the back of it and also the tear in the shoulder where Kylo Ren hit him with the quillion. 
And for those of you who have been shipping Poe and Finn, well, I have to tell you the bad news so far is that there is absolutely no evidence of any shipping happening here in this scene for The Last Jedi novelization. Maybe there's something else later on in the book, but I can tell you so far there is no indication of anything between Poe and Finn at this point. So that is going to do it for the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you follow Obi-Wan on some idealistic crusade, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a mind trick, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.